Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, Darren Mitchell, on this Tuesday, the 8th of March, 2022. Trust you've had a phenomenal weekend and a fast start to the working week. As a reminder, as we do on the first episode of every week, if you are brand new to the show, welcome. And uh, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. If you could do me a massive favor and subscribe to the show, whether you are on uh, the Apple platform, Spotify, or whichever platform you are on, if you could please subscribe to the show, that will enable me to let you know when new episodes are up and ready to be digested. And of course, if you can do me another massive favor and, well, actually two, rate the show, leave me a rating, and also leave me a comment. Uh, greatly appreciate feedback. What's working for you? What's resonating with you? What's not res- resonating with you? Do you like it? Do you hate it? Anything in between? Just rate the show because I think the algorithms make it a lot easier for others to find the podcast on the various podcast platforms as well. And uh, if this resonates with you, particularly if you're a returning listener, if this resonates with you, do yourself a favor and do your team a favor by sharing this episode and the podcast with others. So it just might be that they uh, they can get some benefit out of the podcast as well. So uh, with that, let's uh, let's get into today's episode. Now, like most sports loving fans around the world, and probably even non sports loving fans around the world, uh, I woke to the news, the tragic news on Saturday actually, that uh, Shane Warne, the great Australian leg spinner, and uh, I guess all round interesting character, had tragically passed away. In Thailand now, the sobering realization as I try to comprehend this, because one of the things I was talking to a group yesterday about this, and irrespective of whether you knew Shane or not, he was such a larger-than-life character. It felt as if you knew him, even though you probably never even crossed paths with him. But the other thing that I was trying to comprehend was he was 52 years of age, which is only a year younger than I am right now. Uh, I then reflected on the age where my own father passed away, and this is many years ago. He was 54. And it prompted some significant, I guess, reflection and thought over the weekend. And one of the biggest reflections is 52 and 54. And in fact, anybody that's even in their 60s is relatively young, especially when you consider that in Australia in particular, the life expectancy of males and females is now well into the 80s. So for 52 and 54, it's just such a such a young age. And one of the key questions I was asking myself over the weekend is this one, that is, am I living my life as if time is endless, which has also prompted reflection into my own leadership development, how I'm coaching, how I'm mentoring, and whether I've actually been challenging my clients and their team strongly enough. Now, it's really it's really intriguing that experiencing a sudden shock like a death or a significant change in circumstances can often re- prompt this reflective practice. However, it does beg the question as to why. Why does it take an event such as this to create such a reality check? And I've had a lot of a lot of people in uh, in my life over the last 53 years that have uh, that have come and gone, and many of them a lot younger than perhaps they I would have expected them to leave. And at each time, it uh, it happens. And I remember back early days when I was in Optus, we had um, we had a great a great colleague who was working we were working with, and he was I think he was in his early 20s, and uh, he at the time had a wife and a couple of kids, a couple of young kids, and he tragically um, went to sleep 
one night and didn't wake up the next morning. And uh, we were absolutely devastated because we were we were doing some great work with him. He was the life of the party, really, really intelligent person, but um, gone, just taken. Far too young, far too young. And I remember back then when that happened, I was in my mid-20s and I was starting to reflect back then and thinking, my God, how quickly, how quickly can the life be taken out of you and how quickly can things end? Now, whether it's a death or whether it's a significant change, it doesn't have to be a death, but these are these are often the, the times, particularly when they're sudden, that it does force you to really address things that you're doing and even perhaps things you're not doing. But it does beg that question, why do we why do we only do this really when there's an event like this that then prompts us to create a reality check? Now, we know intellectually that we only have a certain number of grains of sand in the hourglass. And if the hourglass represents our lifespan, uh, there's only a certain number of grains of sand in there. When they're gone, they're gone. And yet, we often operate on a daily basis as if there is a never-ending supply of sand. Now, one thing that I've reflected on the weekend is even though as tragic as it is that Shane Warne has passed and there's going to be so many people that are going to miss him dearly, uh, no more, of course, than his, than his family. And if you watched his recent documentary or read about him, there was one thing about Shane that he was incredibly, incredibly loyal, particularly to his kids and his, uh, his friends and family. But if there's one thing that this is going to remind us is that time waits for no one. Even though Shane packed so much into his 52 years and achieved more than most of us could ever dream of achieving, I guarantee you that he thought there was so much more to do, so much more to achieve, so much more to give, and he also probably thought there was so much more time he had available in order to do that. But sadly, the sand in his hourglass ran out. So as we begin this brand new week, let's ask ourselves, certainly as leaders, this very, very direct question. Am I leading my team as if time is endless? And by default, what I challenge you to do is also ask your team as individuals, but also collectively, are they doing what they're doing as if time is endless as well? So for us as as leaders, let's ask ourselves some of these questions. And, And there's probably a whole host of other questions you can add to this list, but I was just reflecting on this and I put these questions on LinkedIn on Sunday night, and it's just something to think about for us as leaders, just to think, am I doing this? Or am I am I believing that there's so much more time available? And the key message is really don't take this for granted. Because if we if we start taking time for granted in particular, it's gonna go really, really quickly. And before you know it, you're gonna be getting towards the end of your hourglass. And the last thing we want to be doing is looking back and having a a feeling of regret or of dread, or thinking, you know what, I've got so much more to give, but there's little time left. So some of the questions to think about. The first one is, am I making excuses? Am I making excuses for my team as to why their own discretionary effort is not exceptional? Am I am I helping them really be average by not driving exceptional performance and exceptional standards? Am I just thinking that through osmosis, they'll just get and understand what discretionary effort at an exceptional level actually looks like. So the first question is really think about, am I making any excuses? Is there anything that I'm doing in my environment that is leading directly to my team not realizing their maximum potential? Now, if I'm doing that, then I'm not doing them a service and I'm certainly not doing myself a service. The second question is, am I hoping that through the passage of time or through a thing called osmosis, that their behaviors will improve, their approach will improve, and it will lead to better results. In other words, am I just going to wait 
and hope that things will change. And we know that hope is not a strategy, so don't do that. Question number three, and I know a lot of leaders uh, have this challenge, and that is, am I avoiding the conversations that I know I need to have in the hope that again, maybe through osmosis, the situation will change, that they will know intuitively that the level of, I guess, effort and the level of the standards they're operating at is not the level they need to be or they want to be, and that through some miracle that'll happen in the universe that they'll just change and everything will be fine without me having a conversation. Well, unless you're living in fairyland, that is not going to happen. But as leaders, we need to actually lean into these conversations and we know we need to do this. Question number four is, am I letting myself off the hook? Am I making excuses for myself and am I not driving the standards of excellence that I know will drive exceptional results? Um, this is the big one because often we'll make excuses for ourselves, particularly if we're about to do things that are uncomfortable or we know potentially is not going to get the result immediately or the response that we ideally are looking for. So it's very easy for us to hesitate, to procrastinate and to look for other things to do rather than have the conversation we need to have and therefore drive the standards we know will drive the outcomes. Question number five is, am I sitting back? Am I sitting back hoping that someone will step up and deliver the results to get the team over the line? Now, this is an interesting one because I often talk about the fact that as leaders, we need to have the capacity to sit back so that others can step up. And this is slightly different, and that is we need to be driving the standards within the organization. We need to be driving the standards in the team and creating that environment that underpins excellence. And in doing that, it's setting the example and being, the, I guess, the model of excellence. This is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about sitting back, perhaps knowing what to do, but not doing it, but expecting others to do it and hoping that somebody will actually come in, particularly if it's a challenging situation. You're just hoping that somebody will pick up that phone and make that phone call. You'll hope that somebody will come up with a strategy or the, uh, or the solution to a problem that we've been grappling with. It's not the way to drive excellence. And the last question that I was comp- contemplating over the weekend is this one. Am I hesitating on challenging my senior leaders in the hope that they will change their focus and provide some leniency or target relief or anything in between? This one's actually a big one because I see it a lot, certainly in leaders that are um, that are operating in quite, quite complex, matrixed, challenging environments. They have this hesitation on challenging their senior leaders, a lot of it because of the hierarchy and the command and control type of environment that's created. But if we're not challenging our senior leaders, if we're not challenging with facts, challenging the issues and really having some robust conversations, then we're not going to make progress. But if we sit back and see all of these issues and don't actually have the courage of saying anything, then we actually become part of the problem, not part of the solution. So it's very easy to think, oh, this person's not doing the right thing or that leader should be doing this and that. But unless we're having the conversation and have the courage to have the conversation, nothing actually changes. So there's probably a whole host of other questions we can actually throw in there under the guise of, am I leading my team as if time is endless? And you might have a lot of examples that are specific to your business and to your team that is well worth having some reflection on. But here's the thing, that if the answer to any of these questions is actually a yes, then we need to make the commitment to us to ourselves, but also to the team, that it stops now. Understand that each of us only has a finite number of grains of sand in the hourglass, and we need to ensure that every single grain of sand is utilized to its fullest and not taken for granted. So this week, as we step into this brand new week with a renewed sense of urgency, and when you feel like hesitating or procrastinating, instead lean into the task, lean into the conversation, allocate your fullest attention to it and maximum energy. You just might be surprised 
and what the outcome is going to be. And this is what I'll leave you with because if there's one thing I do know based on doing some research and watching all the tributes to Shane Warne over the weekend, irrespective of what you thought of him as an individual or whether you followed his sporting or his business prowess, one of the things he did not do, he did not hesitate. He did not procrastinate and he, he lived life to the fullest. He was full on and he was being, he's been described as a larger than life character and listening to people who were nearest and dearest to him, he never did things by half. He was absolutely full on. So as we begin this brand new week, take a leaf out of Shane's book uh, and do things to your fullest potential. Lean into the conversations, get yourself and force yourself out of the comfort zone if that's what you need to do in order to take the action you need to take to have the conversation you need to have or to do the things you need to do in order to move yourself forward but also create that platform for your team to move forward as well. So you might just be surprised at what you can do if you step out in that level of faith and recognize, you know what, my time is not endless. I need to make the most of the time that I do have. So I trust that message helps and I trust it resonates at the beginning of this week. And of course, as a reminder, if you'd like to have a conversation as to how I might be able to help you in fast tracking your leadership and help you become an exceptional leader in next to no time, and hey, it does take a bit of work, love to have a conversation with you. Simply go to my calendar, leadwithdarren.com. We'll jump on a call, learn a little bit about you, your leadership, what you're looking to achieve, and uh, hey, we'll see whether I can help you in that quest. So I look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.